0: Hello, and welcome to the Design for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candace to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit and own your divine greatness. Today, my conversation with Jason Hewlett. Friends, I am so excited for you to meet Jason. And you probably already know him because he is a world-renowned speaker traveling across the globe, wowing audiences with his humor and his wit, and especially with his message. Uh, Jason and I grew up together in Park City we went to elementary school and I did cotillion with Jason if you can even believe it (laughs) Um, when I was a senior in high school I needed a date and Jason asked me to it was either prom or homecoming and ever since then he's held this dear space in my heart because he saved me from feeling so alone and like such a loser so i'm so grateful for jason and now he is here he is a legend and jason welcome to the design for greatness podcast i'm so glad you're here
1: this is so cool that we get to do this it's like coming back together after all these years what a deal with my my pal i'll tell you our parents were such good friends when, before we were born. Right. And so the yeah. fact that we then got to grow up together and have some cool memories, it's really wonderful to see where everybody ends up, isn't it?
0: It is. It's so wonderful. I still remember swimming in your, in your swimming pool. And it had this sign that says, welcome to our ool. Notice that there is no P in our ool. Please keep it that way. And ah. I've remembered that sign my entire life.
1: Oh my heavens, That's funny. that (laughs) is a legendary sign. And yes, lots of, I would say a majority of people that grew up in Park City, Utah, which was a little ghost town and we grew up there. Now it's a big Hollywood mandate place. But I'll tell you back then, it seems like everybody learned how to swim there because it was the only indoor pool available. So that was a fun memory. It's true. It's true. Well, Jason, I...
0: Would love to talk about your message. Jason actually sent me his book. It's called The Promise to the One. And as I was starting to get into my business, my body spirit trifecta, I reached out to Jason and asked him if he could give me some advice and some wisdom on how to grow my speaking career and become a speaker. And he sent me his book and I have loved it. And there's a quote in your book and it says, there is legend in every person. You have signature moves that will change the world if you're willing to magnify them. You have a promise to share with the world. Will you kind of talk about that?
1: I love that. I'm glad that you remember that part, or at least it stood out to you, because I do believe that everybody has a legend within them. And I started my career in Las Vegas with the legends in concert. And so what that meant is that I was an impersonator, of artists that were very famous. So for example, I got to be Elton John for this show, and I had to reenact the signature moves and the greatness of Elton John. I put on the costume, I played the piano, I did the performance like him, and I had to sound like him. But the promise to the audience was that we would you know, convince them that they were watching a legend. And so the more I got into this concept of the fact that everybody I believe has legend within them probably stems back to that, where I was like, wow, a legend in concert is somebody that we would impersonate and that people would pay to go see that. Well, then what would be the thing that someone would pay to see me do? And what would be the thing that someone would impersonate me doing? And so I do believe that everybody has that legend within them, I call it a signature move and that we all can discover that. And that's a fun thing that I teach. But really, the magnification of the signature move is the promise. And so when we identify what we have that make us unique and then we clarify it with others, we magnify that promise. And if we don't magnify it, then we're not changing the world and sharing what we should. And that's what I'm so excited about for you, Candice, is that you're actually magnifying your promise even just doing something as simple as pressing record and scheduling a podcast, this is a hard thing to do. And you are magnifying the promise just by doing this. And so for all of the listeners out there thinking, I want to start something, I want to do something. Well, look at Candace's example. She's already becoming a legendary leader, and she's living the promise by just pressing record and creating something that adds value that allows us to hear her positivity, that gives us a chance to interact with her in this way. And I think that anybody who has interacted with you, Candace, has felt a great blessing in their life for that opportunity.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you so much. And I love what you have to say for me. One of my sayings, maybe I could say one of my signature move sayings is you are designed for greatness And this is the design for greatness podcast. And when we talk about the legend within you and your signature moves to me, that means your divine greatness, the gifts and talents and strengths that you developed before you came to this earth, that you now have the the ability to find and to fine tune and to expand upon, and then use that to share with others and serve this world. And I love the way that you articulate that as your promise. Because we did make promises to this world and we do no one any good by playing small or by shying away from the opportunities to push record, to reach out to a famous childhood friend, right? And it's it's amazing when we start to believe in ourselves. So my question for you is, what gave you that self-belief?
1: Oh, wow. I mean... I think through the years that I was able to identify that I had some gifts that made me unique, but then it was clarified by other people that it was something of value. And so the fact that I realized that everybody was laughing when I was doing something funny, it didn't matter if it was at me or with me, I just got a response, and that's what I wanted. A lot of people, I think, though, if you grew up with me, know that I did a lot of weird faces and weird sounds and things that didn't. Oh, I
0: (laughs) can testify. Yes, you've got the biggest mouth I've ever seen. And I love it. It's the coolest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I would share that with way too many people. Right. But it always made people laugh. And so here's the thing. A majority of people that were older than me would say that that was ugly or weird. But people my age would think that that was funny and that was really awesome for me a lot of girls said it was ugly but the boys said it was awesome and so i had a choice at that moment when i was about five and i started revealing these things at school to everyone and you were there i mean i could have shied away from it by saying well they said it was ugly or it was weird i shouldn't do it but for whatever reason i leaned into the fact that a majority of people were laughing instead And I think that the challenge that a lot of us face is that we do have that divinity within us, along with the gifts and the talents that we came to this earth to discover, when we do start to share them and refine them, and eventually they become a skill, sometimes we don't even allow it to get that far. We stifle it because of what others have said. And so if we can just get that clarity within ourselves to say, okay, yes, someone said it's ugly or weird but it also has some value because people laughed. And so having that, having that mindset to just say, it's okay to fail a bit. It's okay for others to think it's different or doesn't matter, but it actually does. And uh, I, I think I was just blessed with the right people around me. I mean, you were never one of the people that was like, oh, that's so ugly. You always said, that's so funny. And that's a big deal for somebody like me because I needed some support from others to clarify what I knew I was going to magnify in my life in some way by sharing it. Luckily I had parents that thought it was okay and didn't stifle that. Yeah, I was gonna
0: ask you about your mom, didn't, I was reading in your book, your mom gave you some really good advice when you-
1: Well, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you remember the bus ride to school? Well, I mean, you're in Pinebrook and right. I was in Jeremy Ranch. It was like a forty-five minute ride and we had the chance to be bullied. And I was. And I was also like a a fun guy, but at the end of the school day, I remember the first day because I came home just conflicted with I think they're laughing at me, but they also think I'm kind of funny. I'm not sure. My mom said, you know, why are you why are you showing them your big mouth like that? And I said, I don't know. They told me to. And I would open my mouth real big. Like, ah, you know, and she was like, okay, why don't you just smile at people instead? <laughs> and she said, your smile is something that's really special. Because if you smile at people, usually they'll smile back. And then she said that the light you shine is the light you receive. And I believe that. I mean, I've, I've seen that happen. And if we look at, what is it, Matthew 5.14? where a light is set on a hill. We want our light to shine. We don't want to hide it under a bushel. We want to put it on a candlestick for everyone to see. And really that's the reflection of God within us is the ability to share that smile, that gift, those things, that light that come from us.
0: Yes, awesome. Well, to be able to share that light, we have to first love ourselves enough to to do that. And a lot of times deciding that we have something of value to share, deciding that we're okay to put ourselves out there and maybe get made fun of, or maybe be laughed with deciding to do that takes a lot of courage and we have to have our own back to do that. So today, even at this day, do you ever still struggle with with self-doubt or with loving yourself enough to put yourself out there in that way?
1: Oh, great question. Sure. I still battle it. And I realize that every time that I come up against that, that's when I have to lean into it. And because if I don't, then I'm breaking the promise. And so, for example, I'm really not good on camera in terms of making good videos or speaking well when the camera turns on and the lights, camera action. That's never been a strength for me. That may sound odd because I make my living on stage, but there's a big difference between a big stage with a bunch of people there where it just feels organic and you can kind of improv and do what you have prepared and everybody loves you, even if you make a mistake, whereas on a camera, things are different. And so I invested in creating a YouTube channel. And that means that I have hired a director, a team, a bunch of editors, light design, sound, all these people that I need to make this work. And we actually record 20 videos in each sitting. So once a month, I have to prepare at least 20 videos that are 10 minutes long of content. That's not on a teleprompter. I'm not reading it. I have to just deliver it. I can look down at my notes and then back up. But I'll tell you what, Candace, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I have so much self-doubt because of the people I've worked with in the past that have been behind the counter or behind the camera, shaking their head back and forth, watching me deliver something in there. Then they would say, this is not good. I mean, I had literal video people say, you're not good at this or this is not your thing. You should just be on stage. So Candace, I just made a huge investment to make a YouTube channel because I'm so bad at it. And I know that sounds crazy, but I hope that it encourages people to understand that, Designed by greatness isn't just the way you show up, but it's the way that you decide to design what you want your greatness to be. And so that's part of my promise.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, and it's so powerful to know that you're not going to be good at something until you're good at something. You (laughs) have to practice and you have to get better and you have to find the ways and the systems and the processes and the different tools at your disposal to become great at something. And I, you know, I remember when you first did your Michael Jackson impression, I mean, clear back, you know, when we were really young and it wasn't great at the very beginning, but man, by the time you were in high school, you nailed it. I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal, magical even. And it's all all a matter of deciding, like you said, choosing into your greatness, deciding to design the life that you feel would manifest your gifts and strengths and talents in the best way that can serve others. And then choosing into that and working to become better at that. That's such a great example. And I can't wait to look you up on YouTube.
1: Uh-huh. well well said. That's cool. You know, I we've just launched another few videos. We do one every other day because I've now recorded eighty videos in the last three months. It's been so much work. But you know, to answer the question of do I still have kind of that hesitancy or that fear of something that I'm I, I may not be good at, yes, it happens all the time. And then that's when I really feel like I I if it's something I really want to lean into and really want to get good at, then I'm going to invest in it. I'm going to put money into it. Like I'm going to go for it. And that's even been the case with my own body image and things like that, that I know you speak about. And as a male, it's different for us uh, now than it was when I was young. When I was young, you know, it didn't matter how a how a boy looked, you know, you just kind of did your thing. And and as a man, it didn't matter. But now Instagram is here and everyone has a six or eight pack and life is different for the guy. And so I'm on stage and you know, I've I've gotten these body image issues right through all these years of being told I need to lose 15 or 20 pounds just to be on stage by a lot of people and it's really hurtful. And so as as that thing of fear comes into my life and into my mind. I think, okay, I know, first of all, I have a few truths. I know I'm a son of God. I know that uh, my body is a temple. I know that I have much value and worth. And so, is my body perfect? No. But can I do all that I can to help it? Yeah. So, what can I put in it? Can I put in the best foods? Can I work out hard? Can I still be a physical person because, you know, those types of things matter to me. So I put money into that, even though I'm fearful, it might not get results, but I do put the, yeah. the money and the effort and the time into it because actually the more that I work out, the more I feel good about myself and the more I eat right, the more I've kept promises to myself. And so it, it kind of manifests in all aspects of life from body to, you know, to career, to spirit. I think it's, it's all in one.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%. And with my body love weight release program and the clients that I'm able to help, they invest in, in their selves. It's this, it's an investment in yourself. It's taking a chance on yourself and saying, I'm worth it. I have something that I want for me because I, have this body. I am in charge of this body. I've been given this beautiful gift, this vehicle for my mind and my spirit. And I want to be able to play with my kids when I'm 60 and 70 and 80 years old, my grandkids, I want to be able to travel the world and go on hikes with my husband. I want to do all of these things. I want to go on humanitarian trips and be able to work my guts out and have a body that will allow me to do that. And it's exactly what you say. You have to invest in those things that you choose to become amazing at. And I believe investing in your body is one of the most powerful, important, critical things that you absolutely can do to keep your promise of becoming a legend and using your signature moves and fulfilling your purpose, stepping into that divine greatness. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's beautifully. Thank you for sharing that. And hey, you know, what's interesting As I read more about your story, because obviously we, we we're friends growing up and then life goes along and we get Christmas cards and those types of things. But it's like, I didn't know what you were doing until you reached out and told me what you were creating. Then I looked back at your, you know, your website and your life and I thought, oh, my gosh, what an amazing life that she's created for herself. Right. And so. I found it really sad as I read that you as a youth thought certain things about how you looked and, and how you were, right? And I remember thinking, as a as a boy growing up with you, you were you were a beautiful, stunning person, right? And you were always so successful, you were good at school. I don't think you ever missed a day if I remember. I don't think you're even late. Nope. And you, you no you could no, run <laughs> you n- you never missed right and you were you were i won an award for that you yeah. did that's what i told my <laughs> wife i said i think she won an award I for did. never missing or being late is that right
0: not one i did not miss one day of school and i got like the 100 percent perfect attendance award
1: like, i told my wife it that, was crazy Candace, yeah i did remember that i said i don't think she ever missed a day <laughs> i mean think about that consistency so like As a person watching you, because I was a sickly child, (laughs) I mean, I was missing school all the time, but like you were good at, you know, with horses, you were good with, with all the subjects at school, you were the top scorer on the soccer team of all of the boys. And then there's this girl that's like, just better than all of us. I mean, you're good at all these things and you're this beautiful woman. And then I read that you didn't, you know, love how you looked as a kid or or had some image issues. And I thought, oh, my heck, how interesting how we how we see other people, you know. And I remember people telling me later on in life, they were girls that I grew up with. They were like, oh, I thought you were so handsome. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Because I felt so ugly by so many people telling me that I was ugly when I do those faces, you know? And so it's interesting how we look at each other and we don't tell each other how great we are. And that is part of my true mission is to be like, Hey, look, you're incredible. You have a legend within you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Now it's time to just own it and go do something with it. (laughs) Because I wish someone would have said that to me growing up. You know what I mean? So it's nice that now here we are you know, we're old, older, we have children, we're happily married with our spouses, and I can look at you and say, hey, you're a beautiful, amazing woman, keep doing you, you know, and you've always been that way. And I hope that your listeners are like, gosh, I need to say it more to everyone everywhere I go, because that's our best way to spread light. Yeah,
0: and and the thing that you said right there, that Is the critical piece is that I want you to own it. And the problem that I had, is people would tell me really nice things. In fact, I became so addicted to external validation that I thought that was what made me important. I had to be the valedictorian. I had to be the top female athlete of my class. I had to be getting scholarships and getting the awards and achieving. And the second that that stopped, All of a sudden I had no idea who I was and I was, if I wasn't achieving, then I was a loser and incredible that I had to receive that from others where we need to make the choice to own our greatness in ourselves to decide on purpose. It doesn't matter to separate who we are from our performance, right? It doesn't matter that five people think I'm amazing. And then three people think I'm an idiot. I get to decide and choose to own my greatness. And when I own my greatness, It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, but God, and that is such a powerful choice to decide on purpose. I don't need an award to tell me I'm great. I don't need, um, an amazing man like Jason Hewlett to tell me I'm great. I want it absolutely. But I don't need that because I know inside intrinsically, I am a beautiful daughter of God born and reared in the courts of glory on high. And I have beautiful divinity within me that, I need
1: to develop and shine. That's awesome. And that's perfectly said. I I mean, just to get to the point, because you were so externally validated, that's fascinating that you're using that phrase. As was I, I was externally validated in so many ways. And then there were times when, such as when I served my my mission in Brazil for two years, that was a time of not being praised. (laughs) That was a time of being like, what the heck am I doing here? Do I have value? I can't even speak this language. Do I even know what I'm teaching people about Jesus? This is crazy. And so to find within us that divinity and to really tap into the fact that, yeah, each of us have so many wonderful talents and gifts that we do need to still share. Even if doors are being slammed in our face, it's a really powerful place to get to. And whether that's just the way we consume media or we read our our good books, the scriptures or other uplifting things, we listen to podcasts like this, or if it's just a matter of the output of service and helping others and giving our best and our time and our talents, all of those things add up to make it so that we can reveal that greatness.
0: You're so right. The thing is, what's normal, Is insecurity. What's normal is because of the way our brains are made. I'm fascinated by the human brain. In fact, understanding and learning cognitive behavioral therapy through life coaching is what allowed me to finally figure out why I had always been so hard on myself and to decide to own my greatness because our thoughts are not facts and our thoughts are coming from all different sources. And what's normal? is to listen to those thoughts that will be there for every single person that are discouraging, that are lies about who we are and our purpose and our mission, that are distracting about what's important and what's not. That's what's normal. It's normal to be worried about people-pleasing and comparisonitis. It's normal to want to conserve energy and seek pleasure and avoid pain. That is normal brain thoughts that will really derail and sabotage us if we listen what's abnormal is to listen to the promise what's abnormal and extremely beautiful is to decide on purpose to choose into faith and belief and trying the hard thing like investing in yourself to do those big things what have you found jason you you talked about connecting spiritually you talked about taking care of yourself self-care have, do you have something that you do in your mind, a saying that you have an empowering thought when you feel those demons, right? I Sometimes I have people name their lower brain. Mine is Cassandra. When I feel Cassandra coming on, giving me all sorts of crap, telling me I'm a loser, telling me no one wants to hear what I have to say, telling me I'm dumb and fat and ugly and awful and sit down and shut up. <laughs> That's how she sounds. When you have yours, what do you do to overcome that?
1: Well, first of all, I need to name it. I didn't know that's a thing. I think that's cool. Yes. Uh, probably Doug. Hey, Doug, leave me alone. No, uh, I would have to say that one of the first places I go is to my journal. And I started journaling when I was young. And I feel that having just that space where I can write what I'm feeling and what's really brutal and especially the self-doubt it's okay to get it out. And then usually the negativity turns into the silver lining and the positivity, and then it turns into gratitude. And so I found that when I really do get down, whether it's a realistic down, such as, oh man, we don't have enough money this month to do XYZ, so I need to get to work, versus uh, I'm just having self-doubt because I'm not uh, living up to what I should have. Essentially, it all comes down to Am I making and keeping the right promises? That's really what it comes down to for me. And so, whether yeah. it's reestablishing a new habit, changing up a routine, uh, doing what I tell my children they should do—you <laughs> know, things like that—that that seem very right. basic. But instead Locking of the in hypocrisy, <laughs> yeah, instead of living in this hypocrisy state, I think that when I start writing in my journal, reading my scriptures, saying a daily prayer and meditation especially getting out into nature. Um, I've changed the practice of just driving to the gym and doing my workout. I now ride my bike there. So I at least get some nature time, then do the workout, then ride back. I mean, those types of simple things seem to really add up for me. And when the self-doubt creeps in, it's when I realize, oh, I I went to bed again too late because I was watching Netflix. I mean, that's a thing that can happen. And then you just forgive yourself and you Try again tomorrow. And that's okay. That's a big part of the promise. We're not going to keep and, you know, execute on every promise that we make. But if we can, keep them to ourselves and actually deliver on that and say, hey, last night I went to bed at a good hour and I woke up refreshed. This is awesome. Now we're living the promise better this day and we can move forward into a new level of living. I
0: love that. I... I often with my clients talk about doing a brain dump and that's basically what you're talking about in your journaling, just brain dumping everything out. And then looking at it, is it true? Does it serve you? Why are you feeling this way? And how do you want to feel instead? And what do you need to do to reestablish that promise to reestablish living into your greatness? What, what can you do? I I love that. And I, I think you also touched on a really powerful Hack for increasing self-belief and confidence. And that is celebrating your wins. I I mean, you're like, look, I woke up early. I went to bed early and I woke up and I feel refreshed. Like go me celebrate those wins because that is truly what gains the momentum and allowing grace, hold yourself to a high standard. Absolutely. But grace is what allows you to get back up every time, every time we fall, every time we, don't quite execute on that promise. That grace is is critical. Have you have you utilized grace? And 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 what what are your thoughts on grace?
1: Oh definitely. I mean, I I live on grace. (laughs) You know, I mean I'm (laughs) as we all do. Right. (laughs) I'm constantly like, well, make up for it here, Lord. I I don't have what it takes to make this happen, but I'm going to give it my all. I mean uh, I know that I need to do all that I possibly can to to at least show the effort is there. You know, and that might even just be something as simple as positive thinking rather than the thinking of hey this seems realistic when in reality it's negative. And so just changing the mindset. And then I really have to rely upon the grace in that sense where I'm like gosh I I know I know, I can do this, but I'm just not quite sure how. And so I study and I work and I, I try and I make the calls. And let's say it's for my business and things just are kind of struggling. This is when grace steps in. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm turning it over to God And and gosh, everything just seems to work out. But I think it's in the doing of what we know is right and doing our best to do that. And really, if, if our intention is good, if it's the intention of helping others, of spreading joy, of being kind, uh, grace makes up for all that we lack. And I lack so much mentally. I truly do. I mean, you're, you know, you're this smart person from my youth that I'm always like, gosh, you got such great grades and I never did. And, and I could look at myself as less than you because that's like a thing that they would say at the school, right? But at the same time, I know that you would never look at me that way. And so why would I look at myself that way? And so that's where grace comes in, where we say, you know, God can make up for all the things that we lack and all the places where we know we can't make it work for ourselves. And so, yeah, I live upon that every day.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, um, my audience is full of people that want to live an elevated life that are striving to figure out their gifts and strengths and talents and, and own them right. And live into their purpose. And you have not only done that, but you've been incredibly successful doing that on so many levels. Do you have any advice? What, what would you leave with, with us?
1: Well, I appreciate you saying such kind things. And it's really a cool thing to chat with you and your audience today. I would just say that some of the most important things you could do is discover for yourself what your gifts are. If you haven't considered truly what they are, I take people through a process that's very helpful. It's, it's sort of your own personal assessment. And then you can ask others as well. And I call it how to discover your signature moves. And really that's just a process called the ICM process and ICM stands for identify, clarify, magnify. And so when I take people through this, identify is the discovery side of things for yourself. Clarify is the discovery with other people involved. And then the magnify part is the promise. And so I love to take people through this and really challenge them to identify around a hundred gifts, traits or skills that they have. People think that's nearly impossible to write down a hundred gifts or skills that they have. It's really not that difficult. You just have to sit down and start working on it and don't edit yourself. It doesn't have to be anything that's crazy unique. I mean, when I first started identifying for myself, it was, I'm an artist, I'm a singer, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entertainer, I'm a dad, you know, just simple things that anybody could be. But then eventually the accumulation of it all together you find the pieces that truly make you who you are. So that's what I identified for myself. I encourage people to then create a top 10 list of those identification names or words. And then you go to the clarify step, which is step two. And that's when you ask people that you trust, your family, your friends, and you just say, hey, I'm doing this process called the ICM process. Could you help me clarify what you think my signature moves are? And just let them give you some powerful words. It's pretty interesting, Candace, because I remember I wrote down on my identify list for me that I'm funny. But the clarify words I got from other people were, you're hilarious. And I like that word better yeah. than funny, but I wouldn't have put it for myself. So others see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. They help us clarify what we've yet to identify. So we come up with a clarify list from other people. And then now we have 20 words we can lean on that become our signature moves. And that's when we can now do step three, which is magnify. And that's magnifying the promise. Own it. Leverage it. Teach this and share it. And I tell people that's essentially what I teach and how you can live the promise. So if your viewers, listeners, all the people that are involved, if if they want to go Grab like a, a training of me doing that a little bit on video and then a worksheet. It's at icmprocess.com. And that's a simple place where you could just go to jasonhewlett.com. And on my website, I have my book. So it's just forward slash book. And there's different places where people can find information about how they can take their promise to another level and feel like they're truly living their signature moves and the promise that they're here on earth to share with the world. Because like I say, you have talents I don't have, and I have talents you don't want. So,
0: so. <laughs> I wish they could see you do that. He just did a crazy thing with his mouth that he just is known for. I love it, uh, Jason. It's been a pleasure, and I I love this book. I have it all marked up. It's wonderful. I'm grateful that you would share it with me. Thankful that you would be on this with me. Uh, I I'm all about owning your divine greatness, stepping into who you really are and stepping up to your purpose. And in order to do that, you must live with a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved and a spirit powerfully accessed. And you must love God, love yourself and love others. And then you are able to do that. And it's, it's so incredible to have such a powerhouse example of just that. And thank you for articulating it. You are just amazing. I look forward to collaborating with you more in the future and just staying in such good touch. And thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so proud of you. What a wonderful life you've created. And I love how many people you're helping and sharing with your greatness. You're certainly living the promise and you are certainly somebody I've always looked up to. So it's so cool to reconnect. And I'm so proud of you.
0: Friends, wasn't that fun? Oh, thank you for joining me today. What a gift to be enlightened and inspired by Jason Hewlett, my childhood friend and big-time legend. Jason is a powerful example of choosing to own his divine greatness, of choosing to identify, clarify, and magnify his signature moves, his divine gifts, in order to unabashedly shine his light and put himself out there in the world in a big, powerful way. He's sharing his message of the promise and serving this world in magnificent ways May we all strive to follow his example of choosing to believe that we are a legend, choosing to invest in ourselves in order to create an elevated life, one with purpose, where we remain true to the promise. Friends, I have a cold, hard truth to share with you. If you're in the habit of talking crap on yourself, you will not be able to shine your light or own your genuine greatness the way that you were meant to. I have one simple brain hack that will help you take your self Talk from crappy to happy. The link to this free video is in the show notes. I'm passionate about empowering others to live into their divine power and purpose. Taking control of your inner dialogue is essential. I can't wait for you to experience what it's like to silence that harsh critic in your head and instead become your biggest cheerleader. I can't wait for you to eradicate the stinking thinking so you can more fully live into the promise and show up powerful in this world. As always, remember, you are designed for greatness.